welcome to the Movies Past and Present Podcast. It's August 1st, 2019, and this is episode 30. I'm your host, Stanford Clark, and I'm podcasting from the Crossroads of the West in beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah. Just like my blog, moviespastandpresent.com, I'll be providing recommendations, commentary, and reviews about current and classic cinema. Thanks for tuning in, and let's get started. Alright, new in theaters, there's a couple of films I want to talk about. Since I wasn't able to podcast last week, I just wanted to mention that the film Once Upon a Time in Hollywood uh, opened in theaters. Uh, This is the new film from director Quentin Tarantino. And in this film, he visits 1969 Los Angeles, which is when and where he grew up. And uh, in this film, uh, the summary says, uh, you know, it's in 1969 Los Angeles where everything is changing. TV star Rick Dalton, who is played by uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, and his longtime stunt double Cliff Booth, who's played by Brad Pitt, make their way around an industry they hardly recognize anymore. This ninth film from writer-director Quentin Tarantino features a large ensemble cast and multiple storylines in a tribute to the final moments of Hollywood's golden age. So in this film, uh, fictional characters such as the ones played by Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt Although they're, you know, I think most likely based on real people. Um, but these fictional characters are weaved within historical storylines with different and very uh, Tarantino-like results. The film also stars uh, Margot Robbie. She plays the actress Sharon Tate, who got killed by the Manson family. Uh, and then the Manson family are also in in the, this film, as are... Um, Others playing, you know, real people like Bruce Lee, um, Roman Polanski, uh, you know, who's the film director who was, who was married to, to Sharon Tate at the time of her murder, um, Steve McQueen, uh, Mama Cass, <laughs> and other, other uh, people from the late 60s that, of course, were, were, were uh, notable residents there of, of Los Angeles. So while I'm not planning to see this film, um, Tarantino films really aren't my thing. Um, it's a film, though, that's really got a lot of people talking. And I think if uh, those who are into Tarantino, I think have really liked it. And uh, anyway, I think, I think it's an interesting and clearly a, 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 um, a thought-provoking um, period piece. Uh, again, mixed in with some some interesting uh, revisionist history. Uh, so, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is rated R by the Motion Picture Association of America for language throughout, some strong graphic violence, drug use, and sexual references. So, opening this weekend is uh, a film that's got a pretty weird. It's a very descriptive, but it's <laughs> it's kind of a stupid title. Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. Um, I'm not kidding. I'm probably just going to be calling it Hobbs and Shaw. I think that's what most people are calling it. But uh, this is an action-adventure movie from Universal Pictures. And it is a quote-unquote standalone film or kind of a branch of a film from the Fast and Furious uh, series of films. So, you know, there have been eight of these Fast and Furious films. 
And so I guess this one is considered uh, number nine, but again, it's not. But it's not really. Uh, it's taking the storyline in, in a different direction. Hence, why I think they're calling it a standalone vehicle. So um, this, of course, stars uh, Hobbs, who is played by Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Um, who is a loyal agent of America's Diplomatic Security Service. And then the lawless outcast Shaw, who is played, again, by actor Jason Statham, who is a former British military lead operative. Um, these two first faced off in uh, Furious 7, which came out in 2015. And, and then, it, you know, in that film... And then again in the eighth film, they they there was a certain amount of chemistry between between uh, The Rock and Jason Statham, and then they just were swapping a lot of smack talk, and then um, you know beating each other up a lot. <laughs> there was a lot of uh, fighting uh, as they tried to take each other down. Um, in this film, uh, Idris Elba, the, you know the British actor, is 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 in it and he plays he plays the villain he's an anarchist named Brixton who is cyber genetically enhanced and I don't know if you've seen anything any of the previews but you know it's they're taking this thing in a whole different direction it almost really looks like it's it's a superhero kind of film but it's this weird mixture of superhero cop movie you know police film Fast and Furious film. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so the, the, as, the, as the summary goes, when cybergenetically enhanced anarchist Brixton, played by Idris Elba, gains control of an insidious biothreat that could alter humanity forever and bests a brilliant and fearless rogue MI6 agent, uh, who's played by Vanessa Kirby, who also just happens to be the sister of of uh, Jason Statham's character. Uh, these two sworn enemies, as in meaning Hobbs and Shaw, will have to partner up to bring down the only guy who might be better than themselves. So this again opens up a brand new door into this whole Fast and Furious <laughs> cinematic universe, if you can call it that. Um, but you know, these films, are, they're, they're incredibly popular. They are... In their own ways, they're a, a lot of fun. And for me, they're a bit of a guilty pleasure. Um, I'm actually going to do... After I see Hobbs and Shaw, I'm planning to see Hobbs and Shaw this weekend. Uh, I'm going to do a, a Fast and Furious-themed podcast next week. Um, again, after I've had a chance to see the new film. And and uh, we'll discuss all nine now these films, so I mean, including Hobbs and Shaw, of, of the Fast and Furious franchise. And I can give you a... Uh, at least my take on on uh, on uh, on the good, the bad, and the ugly of the, of the Fast and Furious films. So Hobbs and Shaw, or should I say, Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw, is rated PG thirteen by the Motion Picture Association of America for prolonged sequences of action and violence, suggestive, suggestive material, and some strong language. So uh, new in theaters, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which again opened last week, and then this week. Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw.
classic cinema corner, I've got three films I'd just like to go over with you. And, and really just to, to recommend if you're looking for some interesting uh, films to watch. Um, this week, it's Shark Week on the Discovery Channel. <laughs> As you might have noticed, if uh, if you watch any of that on cable TV, um, you know the Discovery Channel puts all this horror, all this horrifying content <laughs> on their channel related to to uh, sharks and shark attacks. So I thought I'd just you know recommend the original shark attack film, which is uh, Steven Spielberg's Jaws from 1975. Now, as you may recall, Jaws is based on a novel by uh, Peter Benchley, who actually gets a screenwriting credit, and, you know, he's got a cameo in the film, too, which is kind of fun. But this film stars Roy Schneider, Richard Dreyfuss, Robert Shaw, and Lorraine Gary, and, uh, you know, it's a classic. I mean, I think we probably all remember the first time we saw Jaws and how and how scary it was. Uh, and it's just, it's just really, it's just a really well-done uh, thriller. I think it. I think it. It because you know I. I don't really have any tolerance for you know quote unquote horror films. Um, and I don't watch them, but this film I think walks the line or kind of that. There's that fine line between kind of too much and and and, and too stupid. And uh, I think this was just great. It's it, it's super scary. But super satisfying, and again, just really well crafted, and it's directed by Steven Spielberg. Um, really, his first blockbuster hit. Um, it really vaulted him, you know, into into um, of course who he who he has become. Uh, some interesting things to think about, and, and, and you know, just as far as nineteen seventy five, the film was booked into five hundred theaters on opening day, which at the time was pretty amazing. Um, it was a record and, uh, you know, it, 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 it had a modest budget. It, it cost $12 million to make again at the time, but it, it became the highest grossing film. People were just going to see it in droves. Uh, and, um, the, the record was broken a couple years later with, with, uh, George Lucas's original Star Wars film in 1977. But, um... Jaws earned $438 million in 11 weeks and was also the first film to top the $100 million record in box office rentals, cruising past previous pace setters, um, Gone with the Wind, and The Sound of Music. Um, again, you know, I don't always like to talk about box office stuff, but I think that but with Jaws, it really became like the first true summer blockbuster and and created kind of the whole approach that we just kind of, I think, take for granted today of this whole summer blockbuster movie season. Um, it also spawned theme park attractions. I don't know if you ever uh, uh, have been to Universal Studios in Hollywood and done the tram tour and, and the styrofoam jaws attacks, you know, attacks uh, the tram ride. There also used to be this pretty hilarious Jaws ride in at Universal Studios uh, in Florida. That since has been removed for, uh, I think, some of their new Harry Potter stuff that they've put in. But but uh, I remember going on that. And then, just not to mention the great soundtrack that John Williams created that, 
just, you know, the da 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 Anytime you hear that, you just immediately know and can go back to that, uh, you know, that, that, that scary and, and thrilling stuff that, that is Jaws. So Jaws is available, of course, on Blu-ray and digital. And, and uh, again, I, I much prefer watching Jaws over any of that Shark Week programming <laughs> on cable TV. Okay, next up is, is a mystery thriller called Laura. This is from 1944. It's from 20th Century Fox. Uh, TCM, you know, Turner Classic Movies, has been playing uh, some films from, from 20th Century Fox. Again, as part of a 20th Century Fox retrospective. And it uh, it was... I, I had seen Laura before, but I, I really enjoyed watching it. Uh, watching it again. So it's, it's done in... It's filmed in black and white. Um, directed by Otto Preminger, and he uh, really set an interesting mood for this mood for this film. It it won a, a, an Academy Award for Best Cinematography for which it deserved because I guess in many ways Laura is considered to be a film noir, uh, even though it. Much of it is filmed quite in, in quite bright light, but it's but again, I think it's beautifully filmed, and part of that is because they've got wonderful sets and, and scenery, even though much of it just takes place inside. But it's the movie stars, you know. It's got uh, Gene Tierney and Dana Andrews play the leads, and and I mean the movie stars, you know. They just they, it's it, it's just what what uh, these Hollywood films. Are all about. It also stars Clifton Webb and Vincent Price. In although Vincent Price is kind of a bad guy, but it's a non-horror role for him, which I always think is interesting to see him. He plays a southern gentleman with some questionable motives, but uh, it's always interesting to to see him to see him in a film. But I think what's most uh, appealing about Laura, again, other than its its aesthetics, uh it's just a really solid, it's a solid mystery film. Uh, Dana Andrews plays a detective, and uh, he's he's investigating a murder, and then it turns out that perhaps some a different person was killed, and I don't want to give too give too much away, but uh, but uh, Dana Andrews starts to fall in love with this person who was killed even though you know he had never um met her before and then that that kind of sets off a whole nother another set of, <laughs> set of problems but uh clifton webb is particularly good one thing i've noticed is that clifton webb was was 54 when he when he made this film and he really hadn't had either much of a hit or or his career is at a real lull but at, then at age 54 he he made this film and then it really set off his career and, and he ha, he he was his most prolific and most successful um, after this film and and uh, you know that's that's a I think a hopeful thing <laughs> and, and a wonderful thing to know that that uh, that um, you know you keep working and, and success can happen to you at at, at, at at a different time period in your life so uh, definitely. Check out Laura if you want to. If you want to try a, a different kind of 
mystery uh, thriller. Uh, next up is the Muppet movie from 1977. So I had the chance with with uh, a good friend to go see this on the big screen. It was a Fathom event that that happened uh, earlier this week, and the Muppet movie, if you can believe it, is uh, celebrating its 40th anniversary. It came out in 1979. This was the original big screen. Uh, I guess I should say it's the big screen debut of of the Muppets. So we're talking Kermit the Frog, Fozzie Bear, Miss Piggy, Gonzo, that you know that that gang. Uh, not the Sesame Street Muppets, although uh, Big Bird makes a pretty awesome uh, cameo <laughs> in this film. Uh, one of the hallmarks of this film, and and uh, I hadn't seen I hadn't seen this film for a while. But speaking of cameos, there are a lot of them, and it's they are all funny. It's everybody from from Madeline Kahn to Mel Brooks to Steve Martin, and it, you know Dom DeLuise. It goes on, it goes on and on, and uh, they're all they're all random and funny. Uh, this is the film that has that wonderful Rainbow Connection song. I think that we all love. Anybody who who uh, was a fan of the Muppets, and this film just honestly couldn't be more funny and more charming. I thought it held up remarkably well. Not all of these Muppet films have been, I think, uh, a combination of a box office success or really an artistic success. You know, some of them, for me, they've been they've been somewhat hit and miss. But this one is is was really. Uh, really solid, you know. It's a it's a musical road trip comedy, um, and Kermit uh, Kermit gets kind of discovered by this agent who says, "If you can get into Hollywood, you know, I can make you can make you a star." So <laughs> it was almost like Wizard of Oz, like too, is that they they they're 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 driving to Hollywood and then they pick up they keep picking up people along the way. Um, of course, Fozzie Bear. Um, uh, Miss Piggy, who's you know again, p- both puppeted and, and voiced by Frank Oz, uh, so funny. Jim Henson again was still alive during the making of this, and and uh, he also was the puppeteer and voice of Kermit and others. And it it just couldn't be more more uh, more charming. It's going to be interesting to see what what the Walt Disney Company does with the Muppets. I'm going to put a link to an, an article that just came out this week uh, in USA Today about what's happening with the Muppets. But just in, in, as a summary, the, you know, the Muppets, uh, Disney's tried to reboot them a couple of times. They they came out with a movie, um, and I believe it was in 2014. Is that when the Muppet movie came out? That No, excuse me, 2011, that, that Jason Siegel was in and uh, that was really cute and 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 somewhat like the uh, the uh, Muppet you know this original this the, the Muppet movie um, but then there was a sequel to it and it didn't do very well and then then they they created a, a sitcom on on for ABC I guess that aired on ABC uh, that was just wasn't good. It was it was almost too too modern. They were putting all 
throw some modern problems and things on the Muppets, and it really kind of stripped away um, their charm. Now, this USA Today article says that there's going to be some Muppet programming that, that's being created for uh, the new Disney Plus streaming services, which launches in November. And so, you know, fingers crossed that they can get a good creative team going and and because uh, it would be fun to have the Muppets back in a in a uh, sitcom or, or a program or whatever that's really worthy of the heritage and worthy of their potential. So, uh, yeah, so definitely check out the Muppet movie if it's something that you haven't seen for a while because it's it's just so much fun. that does it for this episode of the movies past and present podcast again links and more information about all of the movies discussed in today's podcast can be found in the podcast notes on my blog at moviespastandpresent.com as always i hope you will enjoy some good movies this week whether they be from the past or the present until next time thanks for listening and see you at the movies